Hello and welcome to a evil episode of the Drywall Podcast. I'm the Devil. Whoa, 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 whoa! Hey, Devil. Um, no, I said that you could do part of the outro, but I did not want you to do I the you intro. Me to do the intro. No, I'm sorry, no, Nick. no, buddy. No, no, just the outro. But I appreciate the enthusiasm. Welcome to. And patient episode of the Drywall Podcast. I am your host, Nick Harmon. I apologize for the misunderstanding there at the beginning. With us today, who do we got? Adam Luce of MCI Paint and Drywall out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. Adam has worked in drywall his whole life and is now a supervisor with MCI Paint and Drywall. We talk about running crews, working with his father and brother, and that one time that he may have gotten caught in a Catholic girl's bathroom. So we pull in, we get all of our tools, and we're kind of milking this job, you know, trying to get it done. And, well, I had to use the restroom, right? But it wasn't like a full-on job, so there was no biffies, right? So I go, well, you know what? I'll just find the, the boys' bathroom in the school. You know, nobody's here. Sure. I go looking for the bathroom, right? I couldn't find a boy's bathroom anywhere. I'm like, well, it's all girls' bathrooms. Say, so, well, nobody's here. I'm just, it's, you know, so I'm just going to use it. So I just, I, I jump in there, close the <laughs> stall. And of course, I had to do, you know, the big one. So I'm in there in the stall. The, I hear a bell ring, right? The bell goes. I'm like, oh, they probably didn't t- turn the bells off, right? Because it's, you know, they're not going to. I didn't realize all of a sudden the bathroom floods full of. Yeah. Catholic girls, like it was, it was like it was a Catholic girls' school. He may have gotten caught with his pants down in that instance, but he is fully prepared for this episode of the Drywall Podcast, and I'm sure you are going to love getting to know Adam Luce. Shout out to Can-Am Tools for sponsoring. The Drywall Podcast in the month of November. This is the third month that Can-Am has sponsored us, and we appreciate them for that. This is no ordinary month of sponsorship. We'll be giving out some amazing Can-Am tools after every single episode in the month of November. Head on over to our Instagram page and like the Drywall Podcast page, and then be on the lookout for posts mentioning this particular giveaway and follow the instructions. This week, Can-Am is giving away a Gold Core Professional Toolkit. This thing comes with everything from roller poles to glazer heads. You are going to be stoked if you follow the directions and win. I look forward to hearing from you on our Instagram page. Guests of the Drywall Podcast will receive a sweet swag bucket from CSR just for being on the Drywall Podcast. But for now... Adam Luce of MCI Paint and Drywall on the 72nd episode of the Drywall Podcast. Let's get into it. We have Adam Luce, AAA Drywall out of Minneapolis, Minnesota with us today. Thank you for being on the Drywall Podcast. Thank you for having me. 
what in the world are we going to talk about? So Kevin Bush texted me out of the blue and people that listen to the podcast will know because he has three episodes now, uh, all pertaining to adventures in drywall. You've known Kevin Bush for a little while. Kevin was like, dude, you need to uh, call Adam. I've already got him primed. Give him a call. Let's get you on the podcast. So here we are. How exciting. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. We've known Kevin for quite some time. I think we're probably working towards probably 20 years, I'd almost imagine now. Oh, wow. So, yeah. 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 I was going to say, so Kevin um, started out with my, my father. So he actually, my dad used to work as a, more or less a rep for Better Than Ever Tools, which was okay. a company out of BC, Canada. And uh, he would travel around quite a bit and demonstrate the tools to the the unions into drywall companies all over the country and he found himself i believe it was somewhere on the east coast i think it might even been in in the philadelphia area where kevin was at at the time Uh, but i might be wrong on that but so long story short they got together kind of became quick friends and then um and and i think at the same time uh kevin was uh, working for the grabber company along with tom Sorensen. okay and they connected and then essentially started coming up to Minneapolis um, and they we kind of formed a relationship and they would use a lot of our jobs that we were currently working on as kind of like the guinea pig jobs for a lot of the new products that were up and coming through Grabber. So yeah, Kevin come through and Kevin's talked about a, a couple of his like sales pitches where he's like, Hey, you don't know me and I wouldn't buy anything from me if I was you. And <laughs> <laughs> but you might want to take some time to really consider this because I'm an expert, you know, that kind of approach. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm already here. You may as well give me five exactly. seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so um, no, yeah, he's, uh, he's, he's a character. Yeah, he's a character. And then, uh, so what's your dad's name? Uh, my dad's name is Andy. And Andy. then uh, I think you also spoke to my brother who was with me uh, that yeah. when we first introduced, uh, that's Alex. So that's where the triple A came from. So it was Andy, Alex, Adam. There we go. It's all coming together early in the show. It's coming together. I like it. Um, Very cool. So you were just uh, kids kicking around at this time. What you were, you're saying 20 years ago, I guess you weren't kids. You were in your twenties. Cool. Were you working for your dad at that time? What was your dad's co- your dad's company was AAA Drywall at the at that time? Well, so it was actually kind of it was actually kind of interesting, you know. And I'll sum it up rather quickly so we can get right to the the root of it. But so early on, my brother had moved out to the Minneapolis area from Bellingham, Washington, where we had grown up, okay. and uh, started working in the union. The at the time was the local 386 uh, union, um, and I would come out in the summers and stay for periods of, you know, two, three months and would just come out and stay with him um, and work in the union. So at one point I decided to just kind of make a jump and say, you know what, I'm just going to spend a year in Minneapolis and just work in the union, uh, save up some money. Uh, But I ended up, I never left. So I just kind of, from that point on, I was, I was in Minneapolis. So my father, at that point decided to join us and he's originally from Minnesota. So it wasn't a big shock or anything. So he came out, got established here. We all three of us were in the union for about a year or so together as a, as kind of like a team. And then the market was just so ripe for 
you know, in the area that we were in, in the Wyzetta, um, kind of Edina, uh, western side of the cities, basically, uh, it's a lot of the the higher end, I guess you want to call it, the uh, the kind of the yeah. wealthier neighborhoods where it surrounds Lake Minnetonka. A lot of people recognize the name Lake Minnetonka, but okay, um, a lot of big, a lot of big homes out there. So we just said, you know, we're going to focus primarily on um, higher end residential homes. So. We had to make a decision though, because we couldn't all three of us just jump out of the union at the same time, because it was right. definitely definitely one of those uh, by the bootstrap style companies. So we yeah. didn't have a big financial backing of any sort. We literally took it from job number one, and we 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 just saved every bit we could and did all the yeah. work ourselves, and and just kind of worked our way up. And um, so yeah, my my brother, I think he stepped out first. And started establishing some relationships with some of the the surrounding uh, contractors. And once we got a couple of jobs, you know, bid and got the contracts, and we felt it was safe for us. To, and then all the you know, my dad and I, we both quit the union, and we said, okay, you know, here we go. So it was how long a period of time there. was that before your bro started the business, and then you guys jumped ship? Uh, you know, it wasn't too long. I would say maybe a couple of months, if I'm not mistaken. Um, okay. I would say it was in the summer. And because we definitely didn't want to do it in the winter because winters out here are pretty brutal. So yeah. um, we wanted to have a good stretch of time to get get ramped up, you know, and get build up our, our uh, you know, our reputation and everything. So sure. he left and then we kind of jumped right in. I'd say, yeah, probably sometime in the summer, but he left maybe two, three months. Not even it wasn't even hardly that because we are I think we already had a couple of jobs cooking. Like, you know, as far as we were still in the union going to work every day, but we were yeah. still making calls and still kind of getting things set up. I've got so I've got a lot of questions. Um, is that a tough? Well, be, prior to that, you going from college, correct? You're coming out. No, to, actually, college was you, never. Uh, why were you? Why were you coming out to Minnesota periodically during the summer? Well, it was the it was a a lot of work happening out here so there was the the volume and the the sheer amount of work and the need for for manpower in the minneapolis major metro area was kind of going through the roof and but you didn't where we, you didn't want to be a drywaller though like you 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 really thought your bro, your bro was your bro was doing it you're like whatever he's doing it i'll go it was kind of like with... a uh and it was inherited. I mean, it was one of those yeah. things that my father, we just kind of grew up ever since we were both, my brother and I both old enough to push a broom around. We were on a job site. Okay. My dad has always, I always owned his own company, you know, okay. uh, growing up, he never really worked for anybody other than himself for the most part, you know, as, you know, as we got All right. older and we became a little bit more uh, useful, I guess, you know, skill wise. Yeah, uh, my dad took that and, and essentially would use us as kind of a, a crew of sorts, you know, when he when yeah. needed it. And then as we became older and older, we just kind of refined our, our skills. And we, we definitely lean towards the taping side. Um, I mean, we, all of us can hang drywall, no problem. But um, for some reason, we gravitated more for being finishers. I think we had a bit uh, more of a knack for it. Okay. So, and, so and... we got to that point. And then also that jump from the union in Minneapolis to owning your own company, that's a challenging jump because the union's cushy, man. You get, a you get a nice oh, paycheck. Yeah. They got full benefits. You have vacation yep. pay. Like yep. the union takes Absolutely. care of you and it's kind of gravy, but it's also a little bit boring because you're like going to the job site. It's like break time. Yeah. 
You got yep. lunch. You got half an hour for lunch. <laughs> like whatever. It's, you know, I, it's I, so I, boiler. I it's so boilerplate. It's kind of the the military of drywalls. Yeah, yeah. Feels, you know, so it's yeah. very regimented, and and I, I don't know. I got to the point where I didn't like to be told that I was using the bathroom too long. You know what I mean? So because everything's on the clock. So I. Essentially, we, I think all three of us just our, our personalities in general. We were very confident in our ability. We were. No, wait uh, a second. Wait very... a second, Adam. Were you using the bathroom too long? I probably was. That's where you could escape. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so, sometimes it was the only uh, source of say. You know, sitting yeah. in a dirty biffy. You know, uh, I'm just gonna go get just, get my bearings just to get a little, just get a little break or take a. Little I was that way too, that. though. In the union, I was like, I was like, is this really all there is? Like, there's no it's... way, there's no way that I can continue doing this. Like, and it's just, and no, no, no shame to the dudes that are in the union, and they're, no. it's very good yep. route to go. Um, and yep. some people are more in, uh, more inclined to, and I'm, I'm not joking when I say good pay. Like, so the union sets the standards. You get health uh, benefits, vacation pay. It's very secure. Like a person coming out of college, it depends on what you do, but many college graduates won't make what a journeyman drywall finisher will make in the union. Like, you know. That is is correct. And and, but I will say too, to your point, and and everything you said is absolutely true. Um, But there was also plenty of times where, when, you know, work got slow, you know, the union was there to, to ensure that you were essentially employed, you know, and they were yeah. supposed to make sure that you always had a place to go. But there was plenty of times that we had to sit on the bench, you know, yep. for, for weeks at a time. They'll farm you out to other companies yeah, and, and yeah. let you work for everybody, and, and which was great. But there was there was no guarantees there either, you know, and right, it was, right. there was a lot of times where you just were the low guy on the totem pole or just weren't there as long as the other guys. Yes. You're the first one to get cut. You know? That's what I was going to say. Like, I remember I was a 50% apprentice. I, I made it up to 70%. Um, I was doing the, like the apprenticeship program. Um, okay. I'm first generation, but I remember okay. there was a lot of, uh, political crap, you know, like if the foreman didn't, Oh yeah, I was cocky, of course, like the, the foreman didn't like me. If they didn't like me, then, it, you know, right. it'd be like, oh, I got to let you go, you know? And it's like, why the fuck's yep. that guy? Stay? I work harder than that, dude, you know? <laughs> exactly. Oh, I got told I was very much like you. I was very, very cocky, um, very much sure of myself. Yeah. Um, and, and at the same I entered the union uh, as a as a full journeyman. So I didn't have okay. to go through yeah. the, the program. I didn't have to go through um you know the the school that they, I, I entered right as a journeyman so okay and, and, and to my point i mean to, to my credit i mean i definitely had i, I was you know i was yeah. legit i wasn't trying to yeah. sneak in or anything because no. you know with drywall the the thing with drywall it's uh very much the proof is definitely on the wall they can tell if you're lying pretty quick yeah so i entered that <laughs> yeah. that program but, you know they, they know that i know i know that's not, that's not journeyman work you know so it, i couldn't run like a butt and a band when i came in i could spot screws and i could walk stilts right. and spin an outlet but i right. yeah like run corner bead like i couldn't do that i didn't know any of the tools yep. were a mystery to me okay you, yeah you know, so i was already running stuff. boxes running all that stuff right. so yeah right. it definitely was already well, I was definitely a legit journeyman, but okay. I came in very, very, very cocky like you. And, and the thing with the union, because I came from a world where everything was, you know, time was 
time was very important. Like the, the quicker you got the job done, you know, as sure. far as turning it over, you know, still keep, keeping the quality high, um, is how you got paid. But in the union, everything was set to the clock. You know, everything was just hourly. So I came in and tried to just kind of blow it all out of the water. Like, I'm going to show all these guys, you know, I'm going to outwork everybody. And yeah. and there was times I got pulled aside by the older guys saying, hey, you need it. You're working yourself out of a job. Slow it down. You know, Slow like, it down, put, big fella. Put, yeah, take it down a notch, you know. So, which I was like, really? Like, this is that's so strange. Like, you know, I was, yeah. I've always been taught to work harder, work, you know. Uh, yeah. So it was, a, it was a different world, but. And like I said, the union had it had has and had its place for us, you know. And it, I can't say that it didn't help out a lot, but um, there was just a lot of things I, I didn't quite enjoy about it. But there was also a lot of it that I think is extremely beneficial. And some people are just more built that way. They like the regiment. They like the the you know waking up knowing what's next. They don't really have to yeah. put a lot of thought into it. They just got to be there on time, pick up the tools, and they just kind of go. Okay, from, so from, you. Our, you uh sorry i'm shifting gears i'll like steer the boat a little bit man um you jump on with your dad and your bro with triple a triple a is at its start you guys obviously you're three ballers you start blowing it out right away people find out pretty quick these guys are good like you get you get busy and uh, like take me through it fairly quickly like where does that business go? You grew that business pretty quickly, right? And you had some employees and stuff. Yes, yeah, yeah, it happened rather rather quickly. Um, we got we landed a, a fairly large contract for a, a very well known builder um, in the area, which is not the easiest thing to do around these parts because a lot of people are very used to working with the same people for the last you know twenty five thirty years. We ended up getting the the bid for a house on Lake Minnetonka, and it was in the Wyzetta area, and it was a probably about an eight, I'll say six to eight million dollar home. Okay. Um, from that point on, you know, we knew we had to kind of knock that out of the park. We just had to. We had to. And now, how's your did. price? How competitive are you on your price point? Something like that. Yeah, you want to get the job. Is the yep. builder is the builder beating you up a little bit at that point? You're establishing a relationship. Yes and no. I think they, they definitely knew we were hungry for it. Um, but we also knew that we were going to probably take a little bit of a beating just so we could get into the club. You know what okay. I mean? So, all right. All right. It, we weren't trying to make all the money in the world on the first one. We, yeah. That. I don't think there's any shame in that. I think that that's strategic from a business standpoint. So long as yep. you don't continue to get beat up, <laughs> like, you know, for the next five, five years. Hey man. Yeah. Hey man. Yeah. You know, you, yep. you charge no, this they, X amount. So after that first job, you guys, you guys did knock it out of the park, I assume. And that's a good time. job. And you know, what really is funny about how that whole thing worked. I mean, yes, we did very good work and all three of us were very active on the job. We all worked very hard on the job. It was, um, I think a lot of it is just, we, we knew how to establish relationships and we knew how to keep them. And we knew how to 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 be fair with our customers, but at the same time, people liked us. I mean, it sounds not doing the whole path of it. Yeah. But we were uh, we showed up to the job. We were clean cut. We yep. uh, we our clothes were, were clean. Yep. We presented ourselves well. Uh, we knew how to talk to the customers. Um, you know, because in drywall, there's plenty of times that we did jobs where we're in people's homes as they're living there, and within a matter of a half hour, forty five minutes of talking to the to the homeowner, I mean. 
they're giving us their their code to their garage and how to get yeah. into the house and blah blah blah. But they trusted us like, within no time, which was kind of strange, you know. But stop me if time, I'm wrong. I think that has a little bit to do with the with like the union has a standard. And I know that I took from the union one simple thing was wearing whites. I don't know if they do that out in Minnesota. They, they do. But they it's do. a pro. Yeah. It's like a pro thing. I remember the first day as an apprentice, I showed up with jeans and they made fun of me. You know, they raz, you know, they raz you like and yep. uh, I, had a, I had a plastic pan. <laughs> they passed oh, it around. No. They, no. They're like, they passed the plastic pan. And I knew I knew how to spot screws and shit. I knew better, yeah. but I was like, I need a pan. I stopped by Home Depot or whatever, grabbed a plastic yeah. pan. They passed oh, it no. around. Each person took their took their turn to roast me. Like this is like first day, you know, right yeah. out of the gate. I, like I get it. there. I get there like 15 minutes early. They've already been sitting there for a half hour because they got nothing better to do, <laughs> you know. But the point being, the union really drove home: keep the mixing area clean, like yep. keep your tools clean. Uh, yep. Where where be look professional. I love that stuff yep. though. I I loved all that. I thought well, that was like, like that I, was really good. Like I said before, it was it's the kind of the military of drywall. What does the military teach? Right. Keep your clothes pressed. Keep your bed, yeah. you know, tight. You know, they they yeah. teach you how to, and that does teach you standards, right? It teaches you how yeah. to to operate in a way. So because it, it was just we'd shake our heads at some of these guys that we would see on the jobs you know they show up in the in the clothes that they wore yesterday smoking full of mud or, or smoking, smoking in the house sweat, sweatpants <laughs> yeah you're smoking on the on the homeowner's patio you know yeah you know with sweat sweatpants that have holes in them in the crotch yeah. or something and you know yeah. it's just like they look like a wreck you know so yeah we, we went the complete opposite direction like you know we kept a very, you know, good standard. And I think, frankly, that that helped us in so many ways. And then we we uh, got connected to a couple other companies that were also kind of in their uh, infant stages. Oh, sure. And, uh, which is funny because I still see them around now and they're massive companies. And I remember yeah. when we were doing houses for them back in the very beginnings of them and us. Right. Uh, but they're still around and it's, just, it's really cool to see that. But but yeah, we, we got we got fortunate enough to to make those relationships. And, uh, after that, we, I mean, we still had to obviously bid the jobs and go through the motions, but not so much were we worried about whether or not we were going to get it because if numbers were off or, you know, whatever we, they would just simply call us and say, Hey, you know, we're kind of, you know, need to adjust this or just, you know, they basically just said, make it work. So it works for everybody. So again, the relationships were built. The quality of the work was there. Yeah, the combination of those two things, we it was kind of like magic. It was just like it just it just went. And then you, uh, you so so much so so much success that you had to bring start bringing on employees. Were you bringing on like journeymen at the time, or were you training people? And how large did you grow? Well, we we brought in a couple of people. Um, that was one was a journeyman, and some people that we did. Uh, you know, teach from a, a more of a, you know, maybe not such a journeyman scale, but tried to bring them up. But mostly it was through, um, it was more uh, of a subcontract uh, relationship that we had with a okay. gal. Her name was Hovita. Okay. And uh, Hovita was a, was a woman and she, she was like the king of, of, of all these guys that would, she would run and, uh, nice. And she was a di- very dynamic lady. I mean, she was a, bo- just- she was a boss bitch. She, oh man, by, by every sense of it. Yeah. She was very, very good at what she did. Um, and 
I need to I need to get a hold of uh, I need to get a hold of uh, Hovita with Hovita, an H. Yeah, so Hovita, she was uh, very oh, unique, man. and she was just yeah the nicest gal, but she took no crap from nobody, and she uh, yeah she, she would she would get things done. And yeah, she was a frankly without her when we ran into her because the 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 hanging issue was always our 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 problem because the, the the size of the houses and the and the difficulty level of this, these houses to get them hung in the, in the amount of time and the quality that she would have it done for us was something that us three as, as a family would never yeah. come close to. So she, she was she, gold. She was gold. You guys would pay her whatever. She was, we just said she was yeah. family. I mean, she yeah. honestly, we got very close cool. to her as, as a, as a company and as just as a person. And, um, and she had a couple of guys that were uh, also uh, very close and um, yeah, she was a, a wonderful gal and we uh had nothing but respect for it beautiful i like it when people are uh when people are comfortable you you're um have you listened to any of the drywall podcasts out of curiosity i did i listened to kevin's yeah so i okay. did listen to all all, he's all the he's funny yeah he's fun yeah he's uh it's funny because uh kevin he's, he's great man he's, he's like never, yeah he just hasn't he's always been the same he's just he, he, take off and, and, take off and just start start talking about any topic and oh, it's yeah. really fun to dive into those old stories about the uh, the adventures in drywall. Like the, those crack me up. Um, you know. Well, so AAA uh, AAA got written up in Grabber for 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 adventures in drywall for the Walls and Ceilings magazine. Walls and Ceilings. It wait. Yep. So Walls and AAA got written up. Were you guys like so sometimes he, they wrote a story? They, sometimes they it. have Contractor of the Year or something. Did you guys get that? We got that. Yep. And then we also, I'm pretty sure then Kevin wrote an article um, in regards to our company as well. So we got, we got, did get published in Walls and Ceilings. Um, so you guys were, you guys were savvy marketeers as well. But um, prior to that, uh, I want a little background on, I know that your dad was friends with Kevin. How did this whole, um, better than ever rep thing start so that started originally out of bellingham washington my dad okay uh, this was prior was to triple a prior to kevin yeah oh yeah this is before before triple a okay. by quite a bit so okay we had uh established this relationship with these guys uh because where we live bellingham is not that far away from uh the bc vancouver area yeah so my dad came across these tools because a lot of it was due to the fact that, you know, he was at the time still doing a lot of taping and a lot of work. So his shoulders and uh, a lot of his, you know, things that go out on tapers like rotator cuffs and back issues, it's a pretty common injuries or, or things that yeah. tapers suffer from because it's a yeah. lot of repetitive motion. Carpal, the carpal, wrist, tunnel. carpal tunnel. Yeah. Yep. So these tools provided an outlet to where it essentially got rid of everything, you know, except for the boxes, but for the taping part of it, it got rid of the tube and, um, and the angle heads were very well known for their, the, how they finished. And also the sanding pole was what was really what put them on the map. It's that white sanding pole that, that with the head that didn't flip. So everybody had one, whether they knew it was better than ever tools or not, everybody had one. You gotta, you gotta be, gotta be ready for the, the curveballs. That's, that's for sure. <laughs> I have gotten better. I've gotten better. 
you know, and I'm, I'm navigating a separation right now, 12 years, we got an eight year old. So that's challenging. Uh, oh, yeah. we're pretty good, but it gets dicey. Yeah. Uh, and we're about eight months in and now we're like hitting the holidays. So a st- little bit stressful. We got into it sure. yesterday. Yesterday we got into it. We did a popcorn ceiling cover. Uh, which is pretty common. We've done it several times. I have one, we, I've probably done 30 where it's got asbestos. So we're locking in the popcorn. And instead of like oh, yeah. abatement or anything like that, I would cover that shit with like all purpose joint compound. And then right. we did two coats, uh, all purpose joint comp, which you can do fairly efficiently. I mean, I can do that. I can do two coats of joint compound faster than somebody can hang, finish, and texture a fucking ceiling. And then you're ready sure. for Fresco Harmony. So then mm-hmm. two two coats, and then you go right into your three-coat Fresco Harmony system. We use Gallery Pearl. The ceiling's done. It's not perfect, but it's smooth as a board, and it looks like Venetian mm-hmm. plaster. Right. Done. Clients love it. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we do that kind of a lot, but, uh, the one yesterday, so I had about 10 years ago, I have one that like a large section fell in like, you know, like I push the limits of mud and it's fine. Like people can be like, Oh, you can't cover up popcorn or you can't go over existing painted texture. Oh, I've done it 20 times. I've never had existing painted texture fail ever 20 years. Nope. You can mud yeah. over. You can mud over that all day long, unless there's like oil yeah, that, or something. If that popcorn here. sealed, I mean, what I'll do is sometimes is I'll scrape it just to get the you know the knobs off and maybe give it a good hard yeah. sand just to kind yeah. of smooth it out. Yeah, I'll coat right over that. I use a paint roller. It'll yeah, use that with the mud. Yeah, and you can you can scrape it too. There's like that goes fast, but it's messy. I mean, and don't mm-hmm. kid yourself. There's a lot of time in scraping and cleaning. I can smooth oh, yeah. out a popcorn ceiling with mud faster than somebody can scrape and clean all that shit up. And even when sure. you clean it up, you still have crap all over the place. Like, I don't care who you are, man. Popcorn is it's a messy. Nightmare. It's, it's a, a nightmare. nightmare. Yeah, yeah. So, no, so I, we, so yeah. this job, like 10 years ago, we had a section fall in. I recoded it. That It's like so rare that it's happened once in all the times that I've been doing popcorn. And it happened, of course, on this job. It fell in. Sure. Okay. I told Jack, like, this happened once before. Just coat it. Go over it. All that was fine. He goes in yesterday to put the final coat of sealer. Two hours. Seal the ceiling. Clean up. Move furniture back in. We're done. Fucking crack. You know, like, from underneath. Like, it. Do- they don't come yeah. out, too, until you throw the sealer on. Crack comes out right here, like, in the middle of the ceiling. And then the homeowner's like, oh, there's my dad's going to notice this one. And, you know, there was another hairline crack. <laughs> I was just fuck. And then, (laughs) yeah, you know how it is. And then like, so, so that happened and which is fine. You know, we're going to fix it. I know how to patch it. It's kind of a bitch to patch, but the lighter colors patch. Okay. But you got to know what you're doing. And then we have match paint. You can kind of fold out a little bit, but it's not going to be perfect, but it looks a hell of a lot better than the popcorn. And uh, then I went back to my office. Internet wasn't working. So it was like one of those days. Fight with the oh, wife. Yeah. Cracks on cracks on the ceiling. Job's supposed to be finished. And then internet out. Internet's like, out, yeah. I'm well, done. Like, I'm well, done. I'm going home. 
Once two or three things happen, you know it's just yeah. you know what this day's gone. Yeah, I'm gonna like, go eat. I'm okay. gonna go have some food. Yeah. Like fuck. I had it. the same thing this morning. I just I just said, you know what? I'm out of here. I just I gotta turn the phone off and just Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my mind. Yeah. So Yeah, talk to I'm Nick. Ha- have a nice conversation. Yeah, exactly. And I Change am the whole this tempo. Yeah, and I like I yeah. like the section that we're getting into with the better than ever tools. I do like talking a lot about the tools. And this month of the Drywall Podcast is sponsored by KM Tools, who I know bought better than ever. So it's, it's really all good. coming yeah. around. It's all coming around full circle. Yeah. Uh, but uh a couple of questions. Didn't better than ever tools weren't they birthed out of another company? Um, I think there was, there may have been a different name. I'm not quite sure that the owner, the creator, his name was Mel. Okay. Um, and his last name is, is escaping me, but Mel was a, a very unique guy. He was, a, he was an inventor by nature. He, he could, I think the guy made golf clubs. I, think, I mean, he would come up with all sorts of crazy stuff, um, uh, just kind of out of the blue, but, um, very intelligent guy. Um, and then he also had, uh, Jim, I can't remember Jim's last name. Jim was kind of like the, I guess you could call him like the CEO, you know, kind of the next guy in charge. Okay. Um, and then my father was kind of their lead guy to get the tools out there and 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 do sales. Wow. Um, so he was pretty so, involved. He was pretty involved in better than ever uh, yeah. as a as a, a major player. Yeah, he he spent a lot of time. A lot of he was on the road. Uh, I mean. A long time he was tra- traveling yeah. all over the place he'd do uh competitions he's uh him and i i i would used to go help him on certain things uh just because i knew the tools and he you know i could knew, help him set up and we'd go to like uh like drywall yards sometimes and set up like a booth and do demonstrations for guys that would come in or they'd set up like a lunch or something and we'd do a whole presentation in front of you know 100 people um and there was times that people would you know challenge us you know so we do challenges you know we do side by side yeah so it was kind of a lot of fun and then uh i went to like i said i think we talked about a little bit like um we went out to harlem new york and worked for a company out there and so yeah we got to see a lot of the country and got to do a lot of cool stuff and it was uh yeah better never was kind of hitting the scene and it was this was was, all proceeding this was all proceeding triple a drywall yeah this is all out of we were still on i was still living in bellingham washington this is the prequel this is the prequel to uh triple a um uh and i I mean we should have talked about it first but that's okay um uh and then at a certain point in time so you're gathering all these uh contacts a lot of knowledge about the industry the way people different people do finishing in different parts of the country you meet this crazy guy kevin for grabber you know plus probably a lot of different characters like kevin throughout the united states and beyond um what what and i think i talked about it with wolfgang so there's an interview with wolfgang where we talk about this a little bit but then uh you uh better than ever ends up selling to can-am is that is that that was was further was that the end? Yeah, I think that was after. Yeah, that was, I think, right at the very end. It was kind of the relationship with Better Never and my dad was not, you know, I think they still remained friends, you know, as far as okay. in the personal lives. But through the business part of it, you know, he had he was doing very little with them at the time. I think here and there, 
they would ask him to go out and do a demonstration, but it was just kind of a paid by job per kind of a per event or whatever you want to call it. So um, they had kind of moved on um, at that point. So, but yeah, we continued to use the tools. And the thing was, is that being in the union and using the better never tools, which wasn't like Ames, Ames kind of dominates the, you know, at least out in this area, in the Minneapolis area, is a, is a okay. very popular uh, yeah. uh, brand. Okay. So, and they would see us using our tools, and people just couldn't help but ask questions or sure. or wonder what the heck you're doing or whatever. So, yeah. we just ended up kind of always teaching people what we were doing, no matter where we would go. Um, and a lot of people liked the angle heads and they liked the sanding pole and they liked certain aspects of the tools, but the, the taping system, a lot of people didn't like because it came out of a, a bucket into, out of a, you know, out of a super taper. Oh, they called yeah. it. Okay. And it went into the bucket. Then you put it into a smaller bucket that was on your hip. What? So you just, you just lifted the tape and you would go along the wall. Yeah. I so don't even think I, I don't think I've ever, tape. I don't think I've ever seen that system. Yeah. It's, it's, uh. It's one of those things you see it and go, oh, that's that's nuts. You know, that's crazy. So it's kind of like it. it's like a double slot box. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So it go, it's there. The super taper is got a you kind of lace the tape into the super taper. It goes down in the, which is in the bottom of the bucket and okay. by kind of a static kind of a static uh, style. You know, it just it grabs the mud, puts mud on one side of the tape, and then you can adjust how much mud goes on that side of the tape. But then you on your you have a belt on that holds like a like a two gallon bucket okay you stick in front of you you just keep pulling that tape and you you kind of lace it into the bucket okay and then as it comes out of the bucket it comes out kind of the way you laced it in okay um sorry there you go um so then once you pull it out the heaviest thing you're lifting is the tape yeah and it's and you not only that but you've got a, a lot of material with you and you don't have to yeah. keep going back and pumping and you're yeah. not lifting a big heavy bazooka, basically is what it is what it came down yeah. to. That was well. That's the advantage. That's the advantage to the slot box system. Um, but yep. so this is like a slot box system with some 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 bells and whistles. Yeah, because like the banjo was very. Do you stay cleaner? Do you stay cleaner? Uh, that's. I would say no. no honestly, no. I would say you you're probably as equal. Maybe you still get dirty. Yep. Okay. Yep. yep. So we wore gloves, you know, because you're using yeah. your hands. So yeah. Did you like, um, do you like that system? I actually did. Um, okay. To be honest with you, the string and tape was my least favorite part of taping. I uh, wasn't, wasn't a fan of it to begin yeah, with. Yeah, but you, so, you ran the bazooka, right? Yeah, we did. Uh, but was very limited amount of time. Cause, uh, my dad was very much an advocate of not allowing us to suffer the same kind of yeah. pains and ailments <laughs> that he's got. So, so maybe he was a uh, little gut. Gun shy. I mean, I ran plenty yeah. of bazooka and it's like, I don't have any yeah. issues, you know? I mean, if you're, yeah. you know, you can yeah. run the bazooka for quite a while. We're talking like you can 20 years of wear oh, and yeah, tear. Yeah. You know you what can. I mean? And, and we were, we were pretty strong young kids, but he was just like, you know yeah. what? This is a cheaper, better, faster way to do it. Yeah. And plus he wanted to kind of limit us, you know, that yeah. way. But yeah, I mean, I ran the boxes for yeah, I mean, I still, I still, I think do, you know, on occasion, pound so. for pound, the box is more wear and tear on your body than the bazooka. I agree. Just I agree. Like, you know, I yeah. mean, the box, you get all that pressure, especially if you're like up on stilts running an eight. And foot you're just thing. always. That's always really, always, yeah, always it's really that, hard. Yeah. 
Um, very, very cool. So, so, so better than ever sold to. That's interesting. Better than ever sold yep. to Can Am. Can Am. So Can Am was always. They had a very similar um, kind of a tool that that, that was kind of head to head with it uh, once in a while too. So I think it was a very similar concept. Can Am came along. Um, they had a market. Better than ever had a market. Um, yeah. And I think eventually just that, uh, I think they just ran out of, uh, juice. You know what I mean? I just don't know that better never had enough oomph, you know, to want to stay afloat and and push it. And and that's, that's kind of where my dad, you know, kind of was involved. He was essentially trying to get that product out into the market and get it to where people understood it, knew how to use it. And it wasn't foreign to them. Um, I think it would have been an outstanding product for like uh, homeowners, you know, even if they okay. wanted to do small projects on their own, because you didn't have to buy, you know, a tube is what, you know, a couple of grand, a few grand. Yeah. Um, it break, breaks down a lot. It's very expensive to maintain. So if you want to do your own basement, a, a company like Better Never, Ever, their whole tool system is pretty, uh, that's, that's a good DIYer. You know what I mean? And you could, you could, do they, you could get away with that. Do they still have that system? Is it? They do. Yeah. Yeah. And what's it called? Well, it's the Super Taper, is what it was called with Better Never. I'm not quite sure if it's if it's been renamed, but uh, the Super Taper was the taping system, which essentially Weird. all you would need is the Super Taper, and I think that costs somewhere between a two hundred, three hundred dollar investment. Uh, and that Super Taper will outlast you and I. I mean, there's nothing to, nothing that breaks on it. There's okay. no there's no there's no parts to replace necessarily. Bazooka's um, got a lot of parts. Yeah. A lot of moving parts, and they break down fr- frequently. I'm mean, right now. I'm in the parking lot of the job site that I'm I'm supervising. It's a yeah. 260 some unit building, and I got 40 tapers here, and they they're constantly taking their tubes in for for repair and and because 40, they're, they're using 40 so. bazookas. No, I'd say about I'd say about five bazookas and 40 tapers. Uh, okay, you know, got 40 only so many guys. Yeah, yeah. that's a shitload, yeah. dude. Yeah. No wonder, no it's wonder going on the podcast is a nice reprieve. <laughs> it's, it's more like therapy right now. Yeah, this is this, great. This, 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 this is, is great. Session. Yeah. I'm just going to keep gotta... it nice and soft. Nice and soft. Yeah, you have see, a I, nice I discussion. I to keep my eye out. Yeah. yeah, but it's, yeah. Uh, I, can, I can take a step back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> take a little break. That's funny. Yeah, and you're working, nutty. you're working at an MCI? MCI drywall, yeah, they've been in. Oh, uh, MCI of drywall. Okay. Yep. So it's MCI paint and drywall, and they're out of Burnsville. They've been around for some time. Um, it's a great company. Uh, they're non-union, and they. Okay. Uh, but they also we work on uh, predominantly uh, multifamily homes, so apartment buildings. Okay, so you're cranking there with uh, the bazookas. What uh, what kind of tools are we running there? What do you like? Uh, just. Uh, well, they do a lot of tape tech, you know, it's, you know it's okay. kinda, that's kind of basic. I mean, a lot of, nor, I mean, you see some guys using North star boxes or it just yeah. depends on, you know, some kind you know, how frequently they go through them. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all your typical stuff, you know, just the, the regular stuff everybody else is using. Nothing, nothing out of the ordinary. Okay. But uh, like, I would say. No, I'm just curious about brands. Sometimes we talk about brands on the show, you know, like. Now, who do you like? You, you know, somebody likes Can-Am, somebody likes, you know, Tape Tech, somebody likes AIM, somebody likes Columbia, you know, all that. I, I see them all. Yeah. I see I, I see every single one of them. 
Yep. Yeah. Including KM, including Tape Tech, Ames. Uh, it's just a lot of it is delegated. I think a lot of these guys start in the union at some point. Um, and sometimes they get trained on a certain style yeah. or, or, or yeah. brand of tool. And it's not because they like one or better than the other. It's just that they're familiar with, with a certain type or a certain brand. So they, yeah. they stick with it. Um, but you see the guys that are, you know, maybe had started more in a residential or in a non-union. That's where you see more of the variety of tools because yeah. they kind of pick and choose, you know, or maybe they bought a, 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 some tools from a pawn shop or from a, a, a guy that was retiring yeah. <laughs> and he sold all his tools, you know, so yeah, you never know where it all comes from, but it's just, uh, yeah, you don't, you don't see, I mean, I see, I see everything out here is they all, they all kind of have their own little likes and dislikes. Right. And you like guys were Coke and Pepsi, you know? Yeah. You guys were, uh, hanging out with Kevin recently. That's why he, uh, was told me to give to, to reach out. What, what were you doing hanging out with him? It was actually my brother. Actually, I was uh, wasn't with them. He, my brother, works for uh, EcoLab, and he travels quite a bit, okay. and so he gets to be able to kind of all over the country, kind of thing. So if he's in an area where, you know, he we got friends or family oh, or whatever, okay. he always try to make a point to stop by, and so he he ran into Kevin, and and then yeah, so then my brother was just in town with me, just as as of late uh, last week, and then uh, we called Kevin just to kind of give him a hard time. Yeah, and, uh, but then we watch yeah. we watched your podcast with Kevin on there. Oh, go, oh okay. Kevin, you know, that's really cool. He's like, he's like, yeah, you you should do it. You know, you, you know, you, you know. So I'm like, yeah, sounds great. So that's how that all came about. So cool, cool. But yeah, my brother, my brother was with Kevin. He's out in Montana now, and and you know, middle of nowhere. So nice, nice, and uh, it's very cool. And you're are you like a superintendent or foreman with MCI? What's the story there? So okay. I'm a job soup. Yep. And okay. essentially soup, kind of a PM role, you know, you kind of wear a lot of hats, but yeah, I, yeah. I essentially manage the crews, um, okay. uh, order the material, uh, keep the relationship with the, with the GCs, you know what I mean? Okay. I'm kind of the, yeah. the in-between. So, uh, yep. make sure all the things are getting done and put out the fires kind of deal. And do you have so, yeah. multiple jobs that you work or they'll just put you on this one particular job? They usually try to put you just on the one. Yeah. Uh, the size of this one is, is definitely it's it's just going to be this one. I actually have another guy with me that's uh, okay. Kinda, it's we're splitting it because it's this the sheer size of the building and the the, the difficulty level of some of the yeah you know the things that the details that are in some of these units and you know sheer wall patterns and scaffolding all these things we got to keep scaffolding. It's just there's a lot of moving parts in these buildings. Um, so. Yeah, this one's a this one's a beast. It's a, it's a it's a tricky okay. one. So it's do you it's, like uh, do you like that a, though? Do you like biting off a big chunk like that? I do. It's it's a challenge, and I like it because every day it's got something new. Yeah. Um, and I used to work in these buildings. You know what I mean? So I used to be on the other side of it. So I yeah. was the taper. I was the, yeah. the guy that was you know trying to bust these units out, and I used to look at guys that are now me going, oh that guy's got an easy job. Uh, he just yeah. sits in his truck all day yeah. and looks at him like, doing no, podcasts. That guy. Sitting yeah. there doing a podcast. Yeah, exactly. He's sitting, yeah, all he does is <laughs> podcast and drinks coffee and does nothing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm dead serious. My brother and I, we walk, watch these guys walk. We used to, you know, the clean guys. They're, they're always clean. You know, here we are full of sand or dirt, you know, mud or something. And, you know, we see these guys walking through with, you know, the clean clothes. And yeah. now I'm kind of that guy. And, and now I realize that, God, that guy had a really freaking hard job yeah I they're I had no clue yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's all relative. It's a hard job. It's all relative. There, there are times when, you know, we've got a job in Santa Fe and I'm like, do I have Jack do it? I have one guy. I line him up. He knocks him down to keep it real simple. And then I'm focused on my product. Um, you know, I've got this job in Santa Fe. It's like, and sometimes I just want to like shut everything down for a couple of days. And I'll be like, I'm going to go do that job and just right. go, go work. Like, it, like, cause that's therapy for me, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I will on this one. Um, we're like, you know, it's, it, it gets tricky to where you're just, if I'm on the wall, then I'm not forwarding my company. I'm not forwarding, you know, I have podcasts to edit. I have right. things to do now, which is fine. It's all stressful, but it's not like uh, roses. Sometimes I think Jack has it better. All he has to do is show up. He makes good money, man. He's busting color joint compound walls. All he's got to do is show up and make it happen, you know. Right. He doesn't have to deal with the fallout, the clients. Right the insurance, right. like the, you know, right. all the taxes, all that stuff. Yep. And there's, there's days that I go, man, it was the, the simplicity of just being able yeah. to show up to my job and just put on my headphones and, and just work, you know, and know yeah. exactly where this is going to yeah. go. And, but there's days I remember though, that I go, man, I'm, I, I could never see myself doing that, you know, that full time. And then like yeah. you said, it's all relative. There's days I leave here. That I'm like, man, that you know, those are pretty fun days. A good then there's days I want to yeah. sit there and you know cry, cry in my truck. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, like, yeah. Ah, you know, because the weight, the weight of the project is on your shoulders. If there's it something, if it's not, if you're not on schedule, if you're not below budget, then you know it's like, it's, what's up, Adam? How can, hey, Adam? Something's wrong. Know, we're yeah, yeah. fifty k. Percent, not my fault. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going. What happened, even yeah. though it's had nothing to really do with me and it was just yeah. something that yeah. somebody did as, as stupid as if they find somebody, you know, peeing in a bottle and they leave it in a bathtub. Yeah. Well, yeah. they don't call the guy that did it because they don't know, but they call me, you know, so yeah. everything kind of funnels. Well. Yeah. Right back to me. No and then you have to be is, a so. dick. You have to be a dick. Call the group in and be like, you guys, please don't piss on the job. You got you it. Know? If you got to piss, gotta, I, come talk to me. Size, we'll sort it out. <laughs> I, it's not that important. People, it's not that important. No. <laughs> well, people ask me like, oh, what do you do for a living? And sometimes I just go, I, you know, I run an adult daycare basically is what I do. Yeah. So I was talking like, with uh, <laughs> I, I was talking with Sean Ramson. I don't know how fluid you are on social media. Do you do like Instagram, Facebook, like all that? I, I used to a lot, but not nearly as much as I as as of late. Yeah, but okay. But I, yeah, I'm, I'm familiar with it. Yeah. Well, Sean Ramsden runs Bali's Dad uh, Construction, sort of like you know he's he's a character on social media. He runs a podcast where he interviews people, but it's really loose and it's really kind of raw, and you know they're just sure. they're they're just chatting. Um, great podcast, great guy. We're friends. We've gotten to be friends. He's from Toronto. Uh, he was telling a story about a piss jar getting kicked over, and then like it was running down the floor and like he went downstairs like it wasn't his piss bottle but it, the, this piss bottle got kicked over he went downstairs and it was dripping down onto the superintendent's like the plans or whatever oh my god uh, yeah, you know, guys don't don't got, piss oh, I, on the job if it's a substantial what? job they're going to have they're going to have a, a an outhouse just go down to the outhouse and use it 
it's God. typically the guys on stilts. They don't want to get down, and yeah, so that's usually our culprits. But I, I got a funny one about that. So just to kind of come full circle, so this was Union days, early early Adam being in Minnesota. I'm again twenty some years old, twenty two maybe. You know, my it's July. You know, it's hot summer. My brother and I are, are working for a company in the union. They just sent the two of us to go to do some uh, like a closet or some kind of a just kind of end the day kind of in this little tiny job in this in the school. So we pull up. It's, you know, summer school's out. So we pull in, we get all of our tools and we're kind of milking this job, you know, trying to get it done. And well, I had to use the restroom. Right. But it wasn't like a full on job. So there was no biffies. Right. So I go, well, you know what? I'll just find the, the boys bathroom in the school. You know, nobody's here. Sure. I go looking for the bathroom. Right. I couldn't find a boy's bathroom anywhere. I'm like, well, it's all girls bathrooms. Say, so, well, nobody's here. I'm just, it's, you know, so I'm just going to use it. So I just, I, I jump in there, close the <laughs> stall. And of course I had to do, you know, the big one. So I'm in there in the stall. The, I hear a bell ring, right? The bell goes, I'm like, oh, they probably didn't t- turn the bells off. Right. Cause it's, you know, they're not going to, I didn't realize all of a sudden the bathroom floods full of yeah Catholic girls. Like it was, it was like, it was a Catholic girl school. And it was yeah. a summer school and I had no clue. And here I am going, <gasps> you know, and I, I mean, boots go up. I'm in the stall. I mean, I'm, I'm like, Oh my God. And my brother <laughs> knew exactly what just happened. So he's, Oh just, my God. He's dying. Oh, he's on yeah. his back. And I was literally, yeah. I walked out of there like going, I, I mean, obviously yeah. it was, I didn't know, you know, it was just a, a dumb mistake, but yeah, that, that, that's that was pretty funny. It's a funny yeah. story, but what's funnier is that your brother, your brother knew, and he didn't say anything. He was like, "Oh, oh man, no, this, he, this he is gonna be great." When he, heard, he, he heard the bell ring, and when he saw all the the, the hallways flooding, it was <laughs> it was over. Yeah, so I had that's to, like, awesome. I come back, you know, doing the like looking around, like you know, yeah, yeah, that's pretty funny. Pretty bad. Yeah. Um, story, one. But- one cl- question I asked, this has been great, uh, is that I've been asking recently has to do with systems and it has to do with whether it's hiring people or how you're running the project, something that you've been resistant to like all your life, but that you switched, you had a change of heart, you tried something new and it worked out to be really beneficial and much more efficient than the way you used to do it. That's a really good question. Um, you know, it's well, honestly, if I are you saying as of late or just in general in, in my time and uh, recent recent okay. uh, shift where you started doing something differently that's really helped your business, but that you were always really resistant to. Maybe you knew it was there and just you were too stubborn to try it out. And finally you were like, you know what, I'm going to try this way. And it ended up being really beneficial. Well, honestly, it was, it, a lot of it was the, uh, the better and ever kind of switch. I, but that yeah. was very early in my career. So that I kinda, was early I'm on kind of struggling with that. But um, yeah, I don't know. I think a lot of it was, was, uh, you know, I would say products. I, I, I was sure. not open to a lot. I, I've switched over. Like when somebody has come up with a, a new product or a new, okay. like say, uh, um, like a new, like I, uh, everybody came out with the self drilling, you know, the, for the screw guns and those things have been uh, around forever, you know, pneumatic. and they jam up and they, and they were just, they never worked, but they came up with one and it just seems to 
it's it's a really good system. So I I was reluctant to try that again. Is that the and auto? The, are you talking about the auto, auto feed? feed? Yep. Okay. Strips. Yeah, yeah. So I, those never really worked, and they've been around a lot longer than people realize. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I didn't I didn't like them because they always jammed up, or they never sunk the screw in quite right. Okay. Uh, or they'd leave like a you know they'd poke out a little. The head wouldn't quite sink. A little more um, expensive, right? A little more expensive. A little more but... expensive, but. They've dialed it in now, uh, at least okay. the one I've, I've been using. It's efficient. And it's, it's okay. like you said, it's not something I would use on a small project, but on a larger scale. That's a good um, one. I would say that. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's tough because drywall to me is it's a, it's a, it's an interesting trade. It's one of those trades that I think that has, out of all the different trades, hasn't really – it's kind of been the same. Like I mean, the boxes have been around for – since what the 60s or 70s maybe yeah yeah you know i mean they've improved on things maybe in design and maybe but a lot of the tools we use and the way we do this thing is has been the same for 50 years do you guys use the skimming blades those are fairly new i haven't yet used a skimming blade i use a um an offset blade it's it's sheetrock brand so it's it's the flat it doesn't but it's got like the little jog in it and it kind of goes up like that so Mm -hmm. i use those those are cool. Um, it's more of a straight edge. They're kind of more rigid. Um, that's just people, my personal. People swear by those. I've seen those uh, blades in action too. Might be good for you too because you probably get wrangled into a patch here and there. But for a big oh, yeah. patch, pulling out a patch with no lap line, pretty sweet. Yep. I do that. We used to use Jarvis too quite a bit on bigger. Yeah. Try to flip yeah. things. So, I mean, we've, we've used a variety. I think out of all anybody I've ever met, to be honest, like, my brother and my dad, we were always the first per- people to be very open to to new okay. product, new tools. And that's the whole grabber, Kevin, you know, yeah. connection. Yeah. Because they were coming out with things that, that were very in- innovative, you know, and in- in new to the industry. And, you know, we were always ready to, to give it a try, you know, and, and give us our honest opinion. So I think uh, I've always been uh, never been too shut down to like, oh, this is the way I've done it, and I'll never change. You know, I've yeah. I see something that comes along, I'll, I'll always give it a a fair shot. You know, and okay. I mean, and, and doesn't mean it's just the one shot. I might give it a couple shots. You know, it's just sure. a matter of does it make sense? You know, so yeah, I, I, I think we've I've been pretty uh pretty open minded when it comes to that kind of stuff. And then the other question I ask is a pearl of wisdom that you could bestow onto the drywall community, what would that be? Uh, I wish I, I would be patient, slow down. You yeah. know, a lot of guys are, are very rushed into circumstances. I think, unfortunately, it's out of their control. But uh, a lot of the, the, the like the, my crew, at least in my management style, yes, they're, they're going to work hard. They're going to work fast because the style they get paid. But what tends to happen is that if everybody just took the time, slow down a little bit, yeah, the quality the quality will go up and they won't have to come back. So a lot of it is just right. I try to I try to get the guy. Yeah, just relax. You know, let's it's just drywall. At the end of the day, you know, it's just drywall. Let's not overcomplicate it. Let's not yeah. let's not get too far into the weeds with it. I get do, down off the stilts and go find the and urinal. Go to the bathroom. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I mean that's that's you're you're right though. I mean because they're everything is such at a pace. Yeah. They don't even want to stop to take the stilts off and go use the restroom. So it's like, calm down, you know. I mean, that would be my opinion. I mean, the the, the drywall world is uh, it's a it's a very big but very small place, as you've have you probably yeah. realized. I mean, you, you mm-hmm. tend to run into everybody that you know, 
But, uh, yeah, I w- I'd like to see people enjoy this job a little more because, I mean, I got to tell you, most of my young youth, I once they became good at it and felt confident with it, I really, really enjoyed it. And I yeah. got to spend a lot of time with my with my dad and my brother. Who gets to say that? You know what I mean? That's like, cool. I mean, I literally got to spend most of my 20s every day with my family. And it was it was a gas. Like, I mean, that's something I'll never get to do again. So, I mean, that was a huge deal. And I got to meet a lot of cool people. And Drywall took me to a lot of cool places. And I got to see and do a lot of things all based on the fact that I knew how to how to tape. So yeah, yeah, it's a it's a very cool uh, opportunity I had, and, and I'd still keep going. I'm still learning stuff every day. You know, right, right yeah. when you think you have this industry licked, or you think, oh, I've been in this for you know, I'm 42 now, and I've been literally born into this trade. Yeah, you think you know it all, and then there's days I show up and I learn three new things that I never learned about how a building comes together when it comes to drywall. Yeah, and I feel like I like the new guy all of a sudden, you know, because. But yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's fun. You know, there's always something to learn. Uh, you know, you got to stay humble, you know, you got to stay, you know, low key and just, yeah. And just try to enjoy, try to enjoy the time you got in on the job and try to make it enjoyable for others. I love it. You seem like a pretty cool, uh, super intendant shout out to your dad, Andy shout out to Kevin Bush for, uh, yes, sir. Su- suggesting you guys come on the podcast and also thank you for your time. I know you're a busy man. Uh, thank you for coming on and having this conversation with me today. Uh, everybody that comes on the podcast, will get a swag bucket from CSR filled with cool things. Uh, one of those things is a three-way. Have you heard of the three-way? little piece of paper that goes up in the corner of your yes. uh, three-way. You've heard of that? Yes, I have. Uh, have you tried them yet? I have not. All right. Well, you get one of those I've and maybe a, maybe a tech dry tool um, and like uh, maybe a color pack and some sealer. You could try a, uh, cool. doing some fresco harmony or something. But uh, thanks so much for being on the Drywall Podcast again today. Sorry about that. There's a couple of hiccups, but we'll just cut those out. Yeah, just cut it all out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get rid of that, 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 that Catholic schoolgirl incident, yeah, that's fine too. Because I, I threw that in there just as a funny. <laughs> I love it. No, I love it. That's going to be the ro- That's going to be the hook, man. That's going to be at the beginning of the episode. <laughs> okay. That's going to be the whole hook. And uh, also, too, if you tell your guys to uh, check out the Drywall Podcast, yours truly is going to be on there and be like, hey, man, I'm going to be on the Drywall Podcast, I think, a week from Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. This episode will drop. Oh, cool. So that's cool. Um, yeah. And I hope awesome. you have a fantastic well, I, I hope you have a fantastic rest of your day, man. We'll hopefully we'll stay in touch. Absolutely. Well, yeah. No, I'm around and uh look forward to it. And uh yeah. Enjoy your uh you're in uh New Mexico, right? Yeah, Albuquerque. Yeah. Yep. Albuquerque, okay. Right on. Well, if I'm in the area, I'll come by and uh bug you. So <laughs> All right, sir. You have a good day. We'll talk soon. You too, Nick. Enjoy. Bye. Take care. Special thanks to Adam for being on the Drywall Podcast today. Nick hopes that he will meet you in the future. I hope that we never meet. 
Uh, Devil, thank you very much. That is sweet. Special thanks to the Devil for helping us with the outro and a little bit of the intro today. Double shout out to Adam Luce for being with us on the Drywall Podcast today. You are awesome and I really appreciate your time. Triple shout out to Can-Am Tools for sponsoring the month of November. This week's giveaway is the Pinnacle with a professional tool kit. This kit is a must-have for any drywall professional or enthusiast. It is packed with everything you need for top-notch results. Trust me, you do not want to miss this. Head over to our Instagram page and follow the instructions and enter to win think you have an awesome enough story that it deserves to be told on the drywall podcast or maybe you have a friend who has an equally awesome story that needs to be told on the drywall podcast i'd love to hear from you guys reach out to me at info at frescoharmony.com or you can call me directly 505-400-9313 join us next friday as we have Gloria Fuentes of Glowjoy uh, out of New York. She's awesome, and we have a two-part conversation about her journey. Until then, I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. Uh, Maybe do some exercise to get rid of some of that turkey, and um, happy Thanksgiving also. And uh, remember, keep drywalling.